building better relationships at home and at work for people who have more than enough on their plate. Two coaches dangling the possibility of finding joy in your relationships. Do you dare to consider life can be better? Have a listen and tell us why. In this podcast episode, Angela and Patty explore how to be honest about what's not working in a relationship. Being honest does not mean being mean. (laughs) Being honest does not mean you are right and the other person is wrong. It's sharing your feelings so things can change. Being honest means being clear about your feelings and contributing solutions to what you want to change or need to change based on your perception of the situation. I wanted to start out exploring an observation and reflection from my experience within some work environments. Being truthful or honest with someone is rare today, especially in the workplace. People that are honest and straightforward are sometimes frowned upon within the work environment. They may be labeled as a troublemaker or have a negative attitude or difficult to work with. Honesty is crucial when delivered correctly and privately, but it is lacking. For things to change, we need to be truthful and honest at work and at home and not afraid to discuss things that are uncomfortable. That's how things can get better. I want people to speak up in the workplace and not feel they can't but there is a way to do it respectfully. And we will talk more about this later in this episode. I coach people on this because it is important to communicate effectively to build lasting relationships. Giving your opinion to a boss that doesn't want to hear it or only wants yes people can be lethal to your career sometimes. I'm not saying this is right, far from it. I would rather have people straightforward about their intentions than sidestepping around. Employees are fearful of being honest and straightforward because they are scared. A good manager or supervisor welcomes honesty, but I have seen a lot of managers, CEOs, or directors who don't. Trust and feeling safe to do so is the key to having honesty in any relationship. And most people don't experience that safe place at work. I remember when I was a supervisor, it was very frustrating to me when others were not open and honest about their feelings and the stuff bothering them. The little things start to turn into big things when they're not discussed. That's when people walk out or quit or emotionally or verbally explode at work. How are things going to change if people can't be open and honest about their feelings on a situation or a project? 
what has happened to compassion and empathy towards each other. It appears some would rather talk harshly about coworkers or their boss behind their back and say very unkind things rather than to speak directly about the experience and come up with a solution to resolve it. How are others going to know how you feel if you would rather gossip about them instead of being respectful enough to engage with them about the situation? Delivery is everything. And believe me, I've made my mistakes on communicating respectfully at work and at home. I learned the hard way through those interactions. Why not get to know others? Being open to other points of view and using active listening skills by being respectful instead of harsh and forcing your opinion on others. It's okay to have a different viewpoint, but harshly debating and getting hateful or personal attacks on character does not help building better relationships. It can damage them. How can we change this? When you feel upset and discouraged, inside towards others, pull out your journal and start writing exactly how you feel. Then step away from the situation until you have calmed down. I know this may be hard at first. We're more reactive than proactive, but it can change how you feel and save relationships, whether it's a friendship, marriage, and your reputation at work by taking these small steps. Thanks for bringing up the journal possibility, Patty. I wanted to share a process that is used in Australia in the care, nursing and health professions. And we've used this tool in Australia to get creative solutions and feedback on how to understand the feelings of people in the workplace. It's called reflective practice. And it's done when there are problems in the workplace. However, you can do it by yourself in your journal. And it's really valuable to do it in a group with sharing. However, in a group, you might need a supervisor, a coach or someone who's not involved directly in the workplace situation so you can feel less worry about speaking up. Graham Gibbs created the reflective practice and here are the six steps that help break down what your feelings are about a situation so that concrete actions can be implemented that help you, including the value of your feelings. Step one is to write the description of the experience, what happened. Step two, to write the feelings and thoughts about the experience. Step three, evaluate the experience, both good and bad. Step four, analysis, to make sense of the situation. Why do you feel this way? Step five, conclusion. What have you learned about what you could have 
done differently. And step six, create an action plan for how you would deal with similar situations in the future or general changes you might find appropriate to implement now. I wanted to share an example of using something like this process in our personal lives. And it comes from my teacher, Helen, who did a Facebook Live where she, we were discussing our experiences around vaccination. And it was just a, a short piece of one of her Facebook Lives. And she shared her thoughts and experiences about vaccines. In her experience, her son had had a bad experience when he was young. So she's not really fond of vaccines. However, in this time, she's made a choice when it's available to her to take the vaccine so that she'll have the ability to travel to visit her son, who is now an adult living in a different country. And it was a simple process that uses evaluation of the goods, good things about the vaccines, the negative things about the vaccines, and then leading to her ultimate choice. So the process to make that decision was based on looking at the situation and evaluating her feelings. Too often with the vaccine debate, to vax or not to vax, we don't think about Hamlet's dilemma of to be or not to be. When Hamlet did his monologue on to be or not to be, the monologue is actually asking does he kill himself <laughs> and step into the unknown of death or does he stay alive and continue his suffering of living? So when Hamlet debates to be or not to be, he explains in great depth the feelings of his disillusionment with living. But he also acknowledges death has its drawbacks because <laughs> he doesn't know what's going to happen if he dies. And in the vaccination debates, people tell others honestly what they think, but then they think that means people should make a choice that's the same as their choice. And they don't explore the quandary of feelings that people have about vax or not vax. And also the dilemma of making a choice and having to deal with the consequences of that choice if there are problems. In Hamlet's experience and his speech, he describes this problem of not understanding the fear of making a choice that so many humans have. If I take the red pill, what door will open? If I take the blue pill, what if that door leads to greater misery? I recently found myself doing vaccine guilting with a friend who does not want to have the vaccine or any vaccines. And after I spoke to her, I found her reason for not taking the vaccine. As a child, she had bad allergic reactions to vaccines. And at this current time with the COVID pandemic, her cousin has had a bad reaction to the recent vaccine. And on top of that, she has studied as a homeopath 
And in that study, she found the negative effects on vaccines on long-term health that creates other illnesses for people. When I started listening to her, I started to see her hesitancy as much more than that, as actually a fear around dying. And I realized, why would I try to guilt someone in taking a vaccine, especially when they're actually scared for their life? Angela, this shows an example of why it's important to listen and ask questions and see someone else's point of view. You wanted the best for her and your relationship, and this relationship is very important to you. Taking the time out to hear why and have compassion and empathy for someone else. This showed all of that. Yeah, and when I think about her, I really want the best for her. And that to me is always the secret ingredient, wanting the best for people, not what I think is the best. What's the best for them? And in each country, I've noticed the vaccine debate of whether to have the vax or not to vax is different. It's a different debate altogether. It depends on how urgent is it to stop immediate death and the feelings of the level of safety in the community and the ability for the community, the medical teams, the healthcare teams to handle the crisis. So it's very nuanced debate. It's not a simple debate that we can apply to every country or every community in the same fashion. If I had to choose between instant death or causing someone else's instant death and not taking the vaccine, I'd take the vaccine. That's a different question. However, I've found listening to people's position on the choice is important because when you talk with people, you'll hear their fears. And instead of telling them what they need to do, you can ask them curious questions to explore, to help them understand their concerns and get support. This is what is being honest to me. It's listening to what the feelings are and the thoughts or beliefs and working out the best way to help them or yourself. Otherwise, we end up not expressing these feelings and they come up in different ways to sabotage our relationships. For me personally, the choice to take the vaccine is because I want to help my country, Australia, to open up because that is what the government is requiring so that we can have some disease in the community and handle it safely. I've had cancer and I'm on blood thinners and I have health problems and I use my energy work to make sure I will be safe taking the vaccine. Actually, all of that energy work is what got me through cancer and immunotherapy. I took a ton of toxic drugs and I used the energy work to ensure my body would be fine. And it worked. So if you are concerned about impacts of the vaccine on your body, I offer healing sessions to help you do that. And we'll put a link in the show notes if you want to schedule energy work with me. I'm going to talk about another type of situation. I remember someone who had many people unfriend them on Facebook because of their political posts and constant expression of their viewpoints. 
Here are my thoughts and observations. Why are you still posting and thinking you will change someone else's mind? Why does it matter so much to you to force your opinion on others? Are you willing to listen or reflect on why you have lost so many friends? Did something you post, was it offensive, untrue, unkind, or maybe triggered others as harmful or hateful? If so, why and how can you understand how it came across? So you don't lose the friendships. Is it worth damaging many friendships? Now, I'm not saying you can't express your viewpoints or opinions, but be mindful about it. Think, is this a place or the space or event to do so? Is what I'm saying true and does it need to be set here? Honesty with oneself and others is one of the biggest challenges in life. Being authentic is not about hurting, criticizing, manipulating, pushing your viewpoint or offending others. It's about being kind, compassionate, respectful about the other person while keeping it real. Honesty delivered in the right way expresses wisdom, boundary, and releases expectations. I guess it's sort of like the saying goes, think before you speak. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? I don't know the name of the author who said this, but it's beautiful reminder of before we do something to reflect on. That's quite profound what you just shared, Patty. In particular for me, when you said honesty when delivered the right way expresses wisdom, boundaries and releases expectations. Would you be able to share an example? Yes. Okay, so here's an example. Hi, Angela. Do you have a few minutes to talk? There is something I observed and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. And for us to come up with a solution together. So when you approach somebody, have a smile on your face. Listen and be open to their suggestions, feedback, how they are feeling, their body language, their perspective about the situation. Watch your body language, ask questions, reflect on what was said, recap on both sides of the situation and encourage working together to resolve it together. Angela, how did you feel when you heard this, this statement? And I'll repeat it again. Hi, Angela. Do you have a moment to talk? There is something I observed and I wanted to get your thoughts on it and us come up with a solution together. That's very non-invasive and inviting and inviting me to share as well. I also have some self-reflection questions to think about and write in your journal. What is the difference between being honest and insensitive to others? 
how can honesty with yourself change your life and your relationships at home and at work? Those are great questions, Patty. I wanted to reflect on being honest with myself. When I'm honest with myself, I'm often aware of my fear of not doing the right thing <laughs> by other people or by myself. And that fear comes from a fear of something bad's going to happen. However, when I share my concerns or what I see is not working for me with others and myself, I talk to myself like this as well, often a creative discussion arises naturally and the ideas I need to solve my fear of doing something wrong just happens naturally. I did this a lot in hospital where I was quite vulnerable. I had a lot of people around. I didn't know what to do. I just sort of invited them to help. And so many creative ideas came and they were part of my solution to saving my life. So I wanted to share one last example that's not so much about dying, <laughs> but a simple everyday example of being honest with myself and how that resolved the problem. So I recently had to fix my car and I took it to someone to fix it who actually didn't do a good job. And they didn't fix the problem that I came for originally and they weren't very good. They weren't careful at the repair work either. So that made me more anxious because then I started thinking, oh my God, they're going to make it worse. And inside of me, I was realizing I didn't want to hurt their feelings by being brutally honest because I could see they really did want to help me and wanted to do a good job. So what I came up with as a solution was contemplating three options. Do I go crazy and get <laughs> emotional? <laughs> Which I was doing anyway by myself, but was I going to do that with the other person? Will that change anything? No. And when I was doing it by myself, it just made me more angry. The second option, do I tell the person they did a lousy job and is that going to change the way they perform or do the work? No, that would probably just make them more resentful. Maybe they could even do something worse. <laughs> so the third option was me asking myself, what do I want to do with the car to get the result I want? And I came up with what I wanted. It was to get a better repairer, a different person, who is a specialist in this particular car and has the parts I need to get it fixed straight away. And so then I went back to this person and I told them I wanted to take the car to another location. And I got out of that place with the work not complete, but without any other problems. So I could find the repairer that I wanted to work with. So in order to get a solution in this case, I was honest with myself about my feelings, but I didn't vomit my feelings on another person because it wasn't going to help in any way. Often being honest with yourself first avoids being insensitive to others. So Patty, can you repeat those questions for people? They were such great reflection questions for people to think about. Sure. What is the difference between being honest and insensitive to others? 
How can honesty with yourself change your life and your relationships at home and work? I hope this gives you a lot of reflection and helps in many ways with all of the suggestions that Angela and I gave you today to build better relationships at home and at work. Angela and I would love to hear your thoughts about this episode topic. If you enjoyed the podcast, how about becoming a monthly supporter of this podcast? We'll have the link in the show notes. And we truly do appreciate you listening. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Building Better Relationships with Angela and Patty. Send us a message and please like or share the podcast or donate with the Anchor Donate button. We really value your feedback.